0: Welcome to The Pulse, where we delve deep into the issues and ideas that are shaping the future of education. I'm your host, Rick Cernsey, Superintendent of the Putnam County School District, and each week we'll be talking to teachers, administrators, and other experts in the field about the latest trends, best practices, and most pressing concerns in education. Whether you're a teacher, a parent, or just someone who cares about education, this podcast is for you. So sit back, Relax and let's dive into the pulse. And we're here for a special podcast today. There's uh, some information I've been wanting to share with our public. And uh, and I'll tell you what that's based on. As you know, we passed a bond issue here in Putnam County in November of 2022 for $300 million. And it's the first bond issue we've had passed here since 1979. And as you know, that's part of our 10-year revitalization plan that was approved by our school board, which involves the building of six new elementary schools using the bond money, and we'll also be talking about the building of new high schools, which involves an entirely different funding source. So there's been a lot of confusion that I want to clear up today, and uh, really talking about how much people are paying to pay this referendum back. So with me today, I have uh, our CFO, or Chief Financial Officer, Rhonda Odom, she has been with us a long time, and um, our Co-Chief Financial Officer, Jonathan Odom. So I'm very glad to have them here. And of course, both of them are very financially astute, and I've asked them to come in and really talk about, for the general public, what all this means and how we as taxpayers can really understand the process of first of all, paying our ad valorem taxes and and paying all the taxes that are listed on there, but more importantly, understand how the bond referendum is being paid back and how much each person's share is. So today, Rhonda and Jonathan, thank you both for being here, and I know uh, a lot of information to share, so with that said, I'm just going to ask you to kind of take it and run with it, and I'll, I'll ask some questions as we go, but This will be provided in a number of different places um, for people to review and continue to refer back to. So we'll talk more about that uh, at the end of the broadcast. So, Rhonda, go ahead and just talk to us about the bond referendum and and the taxing that's going on this year.
1: Thank you, Rick, for having us here today. Um, Our office has received a lot of phone calls um, regarding the increase that people see on their tax bill. Um, Taxpayers were seeing an increase higher than what they expected and thought really that it all had to do with the bond. But in breaking it down, as we talked to people, um, we broke down all the information and we found out that the increase was coming from two different reasons. One, yes, the millage uh, we levied to pay the principal and interest on the bonds, and two, the increase in property values. So, Rick, if you'll humor me, um, for the general public, I'd like to do a brief explanation of how a school district receives their funding and explain millage and the value of meals sure, that'd so be i'm going to um, refer to document one first and basically all this is is from the state of florida and we receive our funds through the florida education finance program and they tell us when they provide this document to us each year in creating our budget they tell us how much we have to levy for required local effort millage and how much we can do for our uh, district discretionary. So um, when they give us the FEFP document, it, it's the entire general fund budget. They include local revenue in there also. Um, so they tell us the millage we have to set, and for, in this document, if you go down to Putnam, you'll see that our millage for required local effort is 3.115 mills, and for district discretionary is 0.748. That's a total millage of three point eight six three mills. and if we don't do that, we lose out on sixty thousand dollars worth. I'm 60 or sixty million million dollars right. worth. Uh, so the I'm
0: legislature mandates that we we levy that. We don't That's like you that. say we don't have any choice but to do that, or we we are not entitled to the other state funding. And
1: that is correct. Um, And so moving forward to the second document, I wanted you to see briefly a breakdown of state funding versus local funding that is in this FEFP document. And it's important to note that uh, the state wants to be sure that students across the state are treated fairly through the general fund, which is the main operating fund of the district. So if property values go up in a county, Uh, and the millage brings in more dollars, the state will lower the state tax dollars that they give us to fund the school district, again, because they want each district to receive similar funds. If your property values increase so that you're receiving more local, uh, then your state funds will decrease. If you'll look at the document on the screen, I've highlighted a small subset of five, uh, the five school districts, 51 through 56, and Pasco County receives 27 percent of their general fund budget from local sources and 73 percent from state. Pinellas County is 60 percent local, 40 percent state. Polk is 25 percent local, 75 percent state. Putnam is 31% local, 69% state, and St. Johns County is 44% local, 56% state.
0: So it really talks about that tax base. It does, right, mm-hmm. per county.
1: Correct. And the more property-rich counties uh, receive more of their money from local taxes, and thus they get let, less uh, from state sources. And the state versus local um, millage is for our general fund only. Um, those state and property taxes make up the huge bulk of our general fund we also have uh a few other local monies like investment income on our general fund money that we have invested indirect from us being an fiscal agent and indirect that our department or our school district receives for uh us handling all the federal grants and the school food service grants uh, moving on to document three i wanted just a brief to briefly show um whoever's watching the millage rate that we had last year versus the millage rate that we have um, this year. And our millage rate from local property owners uh, last year was 5.463 mills. We did, as everyone knows, add the debt millage this year. So our current millage is 6.230 mills. Required local effort that the state set went down by one-tenth of one mil. And uh, the debt service, uh, the millage required to service and pay for the principal and interest on the first-year bonds was .0867. So, those two offset each other. Entire millage increase was 0.767. And,
0: and just a point, um, you said first year of the bond. That is a 30-year bond. So, we're paying that off over a long period of time, like a mortgage. That's right? correct. Okay.
1: And pretty much the um, principal and interest is set the same amount each year that we're going to have to come up with. But what, we'll, what you'll see is that the millage on this particular $100 million worth of bonds will go down each year um, as property values go up. It'll be a lower millage amount, but we'll still collect the same $6.8, or $6, $6.2 million uh, that it's going to require to pay the principal and interest on these bonds. Um, we, we also have on this form the 1.5 mills for capital outlay, And beginning this year, um, that money will be used as our participation match. We were awarded uh, special facility funds from the state to build the new Crescent City Junior Senior High School. Uh, So the entire 1.5 mil becomes a participation match for those dollars we're receiving. In the past, we used that to um, fund the maintenance department, to buy buses, maintenance vehicles, to pay a a portion of our property insurance. For computers equipment and to pay for our resource enterprise system that's like scoured. Um, and as um, you can see I mentioned before that millage did go down the point one which is just one-tenth of one mill. and briefly I'll discuss what a mill what a mill means and how much money that generates all right now we'll look at the fourth document that I have and it's uh, Putnam County School District's tax increase from last year to this year and on this document, it's leaving the appraised values and taxable values exactly the same as they were last year, so we can sort of compare apples to apples and see, you know, how much if not, nothing had changed, how much the bond would have cost a property um, person, so that we're not looking at increased values to begin with. So on this document, I've highlighted one line item, and it is uh, it is $125,000 appraised value of property, which means that with the $25,000 homestead exemption, it's a 100000 taxable value. And based on last year's millage rate, that um, would have been $546.30 taxes. That's from the 5.463 mills. And this year, it's $623 taxes based on the 6.230 mills. Um, the total amount of the increase was $76.70. And um, actually, the required local effort portion went down $10 because it went down one-tenth of one meal, and the total amount attributable to bonds was $86.70. So for a person that had a home value priced at 125000 taxed at 100000 based on the $25,000 exemption, we'll pay this year $86.70. For, uh,
0: the, for the bond?
1: For the bond, okay, that's correct.
0: And the rest of the uh, amount you're talking about, is considered to be what just just
1: a regular millage based on the property value. Yeah. Now, right now, I haven't got into those increased property sure. value, which I'm going to spend sure. some time on that. But to put things in perspective, um, one mill equals a hundred dollars tax owed on an appraised value of one hundred and twenty-five and a uh, school taxable value of one hundred thousand. So, when we're looking at uh, doing six point two three mills, that's why the overall taxes would be six hundred and twenty-three dollars on that
0: on that home. And of course, home values are going to differ above and and fewer than that. So it really depends on the the amount of their home.
1: And on this particular chart, uh, it's got several, you know, several lines worth of different values going from $25,000 appraised all the way up to $500,000 appraised. No matter the value, you know, you still get just the same $25,000 Homestead exemption, but you can see the values all the way down. A five hundred thousand dollar home taxed at four hundred seventy-five thousand for school taxes would uh, the taxes on that would be two thousand nine hundred fifty-nine dollars and twenty-five cents, and the amount of that uh, the total increase was three hundred sixty-four dollars, and um, total amount of taxes four hundred eleven dollars and eighty-three cents was attributable to the bonds. Now, that brings us to the next reason that local taxpayers are paying more uh, in-school taxes. Last year, Putnam's property base um, was valued at $6.18 billion, and this year it's at $7.48 billion. So overall, and this excludes any new construction, this is just the value of the same property that was in place last (coughs) year to this year. Uh, That's a 21% increase in market values of properties. So when your appraised value goes up, Um, and also your taxable value goes up, and so the millage rate is then applied to the current year taxable value, which is significantly higher, so of course your taxes are going to go up based on your value of your property going up. Now, school district uh, taxes are different than other taxing authorities, so I want to briefly go over that. The first way that uh, school district taxes is different is within the homestead property values. If your property is a homestead property, the appraised value of your property is limited to a three percent growth rate on all taxes. That's county, school, um, St. John's Water, St. John's River Water Management District, the fire taxing authority, and the city of Pelaca. If you have those within your bill, uh, so that's the Save Our Homes amendment. But other school district, uh, but the other <coughs> taxing authorities get an additional twenty-five thousand dollar homestead exemption if their properties are valued high enough. But for school district taxes, you only get the original constitutional $25,000 homestead exemption.
0: So, therefore, the as you'll get into this, the other taxing authorities, their amount, they're raising will be much less yes. than what the school district would show. And I know you're going to get into right. that.
1: So, for um, for the homestead, again, the main difference, because we're all limited to 3% there, The main difference is that we uh, just lower our taxes by $25,000. They all lower theirs by Mm -hmm. $50,000. And let's see. With the homestead property and the 3% growth cap, um, that $125,000 appraised property that I highlighted with a $1,000 taxable value um, would now, with a 3% growth, have an assessed value of 128,750 and a taxable value of 103,750 in the current year, um, and a taxable value of 78,750 for all other tax, you know, taxing authorities. And I'm going to show that an in example in a minute, but I just wanted to get that out there that that three percent growth rate does you know significantly in, increase the taxes. If your property is non-homestead, however, um, there are no exemptions in place. However, there's a limitation in place. The Florida voters passed Amendment 1 in 2008, and that amendment sets a 10% growth rate on increases to assess values of property from one year to the next, and that's on all taxes except school district taxes. For school districts, um, no matter what the property increase was, there's no... Um, cap there's no limitation. so if your property value went up 21 percent your taxable value is going to go up 21 percent for non-homestead assessed or property value equals taxable value so that one that's one that has a big big difference on school district taxes than other taxes Um, so let's say your property increased in value that 21 percent that was the average growth of market property values like this year So you would see your non-homestead property, and that includes properties that maybe you own and you're renting out or businesses, something like that. The market value increased by 21%. So that $125,000 market value property now has a market value of $151,250. So um, with non-school district taxes, a limitation of 10% growth kicks in, and though the market value is 151250 the assessed value after the limitation just goes from $125,000 to $137,500. And uh, so all taxing districts except us apply their, their millage rate to that 137.5, dollars but we apply our millage rate to the $151,250. So I want to look at a couple of examples now. So we'll look at uh, homestead property first, And I'm gonna show both the trim bill that comes out early in the process, and then the tax bill. So uh, the next document uh, is a homestead property. And for this homestead property last year, the market value was $100,340. And with the varying years of a 3% cap on homestead showing up in the assessment reduction column, the assessed value was $77,130. After the homestead exemptions, the taxable value for all taxing authorities except the school district was $27,130, and for the school district, it was $52,130. Again, that's because we only do the one $25,000 exemption, whereas everyone else does two. So um, the market value of this property in the current year is now $119,180. It increased 18.8%, but was limited due to Save Our Homes. So the taxable value is now uh, 79,000. Uh, the assessed value, excuse me, is now 79,250 because they could only bring it up to 3%. And the taxable value is 29,290 for all taxing authorities except the school district, and it's 54,290. And uh, at the very bottom of uh, the document, you'll see all of the uh, taxing authorities' millage rates that were proposed at this time and then all became um, set after budget hearings. You'll see those millage rates and you'll see that applied toward the taxable value and how much taxes this person actually owed on their uh, new year taxes. So now I wanna look at this same piece of property and I wanna look at the tax bill. So you'll see from the tax bill, which is the next document, uh, document number six, that those same assessed values and exemptions and taxable values show up and again, applied to those various millages, and it shows the total taxes owed. So the county total um, millage rate is 8.8441. The fire taxing district is 1.10. The school district's total tax millage is 6.230. St. John's Water Management District, 0.1793, for a total millage rate of 16.3534, and taxes owed of $634.74. And on this particular piece of property, there's a line item that shows that The cost of the bond debt is $47.07. So I'll go to the next document now. And
0: that's listed under debt service? That is. It's listed. On that me, form? Let me get
1: the exact wording. Voted district school debt is okay. the way they worded it. Very good. It. Yes, sir. Thank you. Uh, the next document is uh, a non-homestead property. The market value last year of this particular property was 221120 and this year it uh, increased to 257,420, a 16.4% increase. For all other taxing authorities, they were limited to a 10% cap for Amendment 1, so they go from an assessed value of last year of 177,180 to an assessed value of 194,890. Um, for the school district with no cap, we went from the taxable value last year of 221120 which was market value, to a taxable value this year of 257420 Again, you'll see the taxable value is applied at the bottom of the page with the various millage rates. The next document is the tax bill that goes along with that same property, and um, it's identical to the one before that I talked about. It's got the assessed value. There's no exemptions to get the taxable value, total property Tax owed on this um, piece of property was $3,576. The cost of the bond debt on this property is $223.18 of that 3500 So,
0: comparing those two properties, one one has the exemption or the, or the um, homestead
1: exemption, homestead exemption thank
0: you, him. and the other does not. Correct. So, the difference in the, the bond payback from the one with the um, homestead exemption, that first one is $47 mm-hmm. per year. Yes. Yeah. And the other was two hundred and something. Yes,
1: it was so, a ha- higher value property, right. too. Mm-hmm.
0: and again, that is over the year. So really, as they look, you know, at their um, their payment, their monthly payment, just divide that by twelve, and that's what they would actually be paying.
1: That's correct for, for the bond. And at at the very end, I'm going to go ahead and say it here, but I'm going to go back to that $100,000 property that we talked about when Mm -hmm. we went around talking about the bonds and the $86.70 that uh, is actually the cost and how much that is per month, per week, per day. So we'll talk about that briefly. Our next document is uh, I wanted to look at the tax increase on homestead properties the amount that's attributable to bonds versus the amount that's attributable to um, increased property value. So that's really one of the main points of what today is all about, uh, because property taxes for the the school district did increase this year, and I wanted to be able to break it down to show how much uh, was bond and how much was not. So uh, from the document on the screen, I start with last year's appraised value, and then I've got last year's taxable value And with the homestead, we're limited to that 3% growth I talked about. So I've got the new market value with the 3% growth and the new taxable value taking out the $25,000. I've got both year's millage rates, last year's and this year's. So I show last year's taxes and this year's taxes. And I've got a column that shows the total tax amount increase. And then uh, we break that total increase down to the amount for bonds and the amount for uh, uh, increase in property values. So, the one I have highlighted, again, I've got those same property values from $25,000 to $500,000. And with the 3% growth, they go from $25,750 to $515,000 as the property values. Um, For, let's see, the one that I highlighted, I mentioned um, that the overall cost of the bonds was $8670. Now, on this one, you'll see that the bond amount is higher on homestead properties than it is on the increased property values, because it's limited to that 3%. So, but again, it's $86.70 on this property value that is now, uh, with the market value, is $125,000 property appraised value. And after the $25,000 homestead, we get back to that $100,000 taxable value, and um, it comes to 86.70, and that makes perfect sense as the millage rate for debt, as you r- recall from another document that we had, is 0.867. And uh, for this piece of property, that's 23.7 cents per day, or $1.66 per week, or $7.23 per month. And then the final document that I have is the tax increase on non homestead property with the amount due to bonds and the amount due to the increased property value. Um, So taxable value equals appraised on these properties because there's no exemptions. So I've got the same columns, the taxable value, um, appraised value, taxable value, They equal. Then the new market value, and what I used on this one was a 20% just to have round numbers because some of the ones that I individually looked at before uh, putting this together some may have only had an increase of 14 or 15 percent. Some had 26, 27 percent. And as you recall from the very beginning of me talking, overall the uh, the entire district, the property values of the uh, county went up 21 percent. So I just used 20 percent to uh, come up with a nice round numbers. So the the 25,000 to I went to a million dollars on these properties because they are. People rent, people's rental homes, they are businesses. You know, we could have went a lot higher than that because we know we have some uh, valuable business property around here. But uh, the million dollar after the 20% cap is now a taxable market value of $1.2 million. Uh, but in looking, looking at it and going down through the, um, the pages, that 20% growth on that million dollar property, um, the taxes on it, for this year are $7,476. That's a $2013 increase from last year. The amount for bonds is $1,040. The amount for increased property value is $972.60. All the way down all the different property values, the columns are very similar. It's not 50-50, but it's really close. So you can see that when people are complaining about their increased property taxes for school districts, it's not all related to the bonds. It's about half and half. Um, The lower categories, it's a a little less than that, but as you get up to higher amounts, uh, they're looking pretty equal. So really, that's been um, so many of the questions that we received in in our office, and I know that uh, it's important for the public to know where the increased taxes are coming from, and you know, doing this bond has been something very big for our community, so I wanted to break it down and really show how much of the tax is attributed to the bonds and how much is not. Well,
0: that to me, that's uh, extremely helpful. And, um, and, again, there's a lot of numbers involved there, and, again, we're trying to provide the, you know, the uh, overlays on the screen just so you can follow Rhonda's conversation. But, you know, I think as time goes by, and correct me if I'm wrong, as more people – which we project to move into our community, right. then that that uh bond repayment should be spread out over that's multiple correct. taxpayers. That's right? correct. Mm-hmm. Now there will be as time goes on, as more bond money's pulled down, mm-hmm. there'll be additional obligations there. But again, it's a three phase process and um, you know, and that's why we're doing it the way we're doing it. But the other thing that I've been asked too is why and we were asked this when we, we uh, initially were proposing the bond. Why are we paying this back with ad valorem taxes, which is paid through our property owners, rather than a sales tax? And I know that we we talked about that a lot because sales tax is paid back by not only people here but people who might be visiting, that shopping here, and that type thing. So just if you would just touch briefly why we did not do the sales tax repayment. as opposed to ad valorem tax?
1: That's a great question. Um, Sales tax in our county is already at 7% uh, because we have the Better Place plan. We're at uh, 6% and then 1% for that. Um, And the highest tax rate right now that any district has is 8.5% sales tax, I believe, or the last time I checked. But for us, a a 1% sales tax will only roughly bring in about $5 million. So it's it's not that's not enough to even start on a new school or right. uh, to do major renovations or anything. So the sales tax just would mm-hmm. not work for us. Now there are
0: some districts like a, a Duval County or a mm-hmm. uh, Pinellas County that might have a sales tax, mm-hmm. but again, we're looking at a large amount of people, large amount of business that can generate that. That's correct. So, But in, in our district, you know, this this is a course of action that we're following, and um,
1: yeah, but we, a, we looked at. Uh, any method that we could possibly look at to raise the money for this. And really it came down to doing the bond initiative was the only way that we could cover the cost of building new schools.
0: So the number one thing I want people to realize when you look on that tax bill and you want to know what I am paying for this bond, okay, is go to voted school district.
1: Voted uh, school district debt. I believe is the way it said it.
0: Which is specifically the payback for the bond, that's and the other categories, the 1.5 mil is pretty constant. And that's for capital outlay that are is designed to pay for certain things, like Rhonda talked about, you know, related to maintaining and and uh, you know buses and that type thing. But the other ones is a cost of running our school district when it's uh, joined with money from the state. So again, that's an equalization formula. Every school district based on their tax base, you know, that could be different, but understand that money is not, not one dime of that money is being used for paying the bond It's strictly that voted millage. So Jonathan, anything you want to add at all that? No. And I think, I know you mentioned you wanted to touch on the special facilities earlier and I think that's a key point to point out is the fact that the uh, 1.5 mills is completely separate. Right. um, it's it's being held back for 3 years required 3 years to pay it back in order to get the special facilities completed. And that's a great point. I want people to understand. We're building 3 schools currently. Two of those schools are being built with bond money. One of those schools, the most expensive school, is going to be built with state money, okay? Which is which you're not paying back directly. However, our contribution that the state requires is that 1.5 mil for the three years that you're talking about. Right. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're, we are getting a tremendous deal from the state of Florida to build that school. And, however, the school district, we we will not receive money for three schools at a time from the state of Florida. So, Putnam County is actually paying for our two schools. And then the next, the next round or the next phase, which should be around 2025, 26, somewhere in there, is we will look at, building additional schools so right now we're looking at opening all three of those schools around the fall of 2025 mm-hmm. but things you know in the construction business things are flexible there's delays and that type of thing and, but right now that is our our time and um so th- that's that's what we're aiming for but i do want people to understand we are available to answer questions and uh could they email you or call you? What's the best way to contact either one of you if they have a question? Because I know Rhonda's going to be retiring this summer. Nice. Jonathan will be the person probably a lot of people will be calling on. So would we'll, we'll have your email available. Is that good? A yeah, good way? Fine. Okay, You, you J- can
1: list it on this video if you right. want to, or yep. you can tell them now. I mean,
0: it's J-O-D-O-M at Okay, And your phone
1: number.
0: Office phone number is uh, 386-329-0522. Very good.
1: And we'll be more than happy, you know, to answer any taxpayers' questions about this. We can call up their property, do an analysis on it. We've done that for several people, and they've all understood and very, you know, thankful for the information that they got.
0: And we'll have this information available on our website, on our Facebook page, in a number of locations. But I would urge all of you, as you're watching this, if you have friends and neighbors and family who have these similar questions, please refer them to this video. I think it's very comprehensive. And uh, just have them look, look at the video. And I believe on our website, there's actually a way you can look at, a person can look at their approximate appraised value, right? And it will, it will uh, kind of give them an idea what their taxes should be. I'm but not again,
1: sure if Ashley has that um, spreadsheet out there. Yeah. I, provided that tour where you can put in your taxable value and it'll show you uh the millage very good related to the bonds and but everything. if
0: you can't find it or if you have any additional questions i want our public to be able to reach out to either jonathan or Rhonda odom and uh we will definitely try to answer your questions so right. with that thank you for being here Rhonda jonathan thank you for being thank you here for having us. and uh we certainly want to make sure that people are very informed about the taxes they are paying hope you have a great day